sound like today. Sound like today. Here we going into election next week, and the world is in chaos. Instead of finding common ground and how we can work together, we find more ways of how we can divide each other. That's not God. No, it's not. And these are supposed to be Christians. And that's why Jesus, he didn't speak, he didn't speak about Christianity, he spoke about the kingdom. And the kingdom was about serving the people. And I'm here to talk to you about a serving leader. That's what God is calling us to be. Jesus was the greatest example of a servant leader. He washed the feet of his disciples. Yes, he did. And see, they were from the world, and they was like, no, no, don't do that. He said, no, this is what I came to do, to serve. And this is why we got to be careful of Elevating ourselves to certain positions and thinking that that we we bigger than bigger than anything. That's right. Because the enemy, as soon as you step out of line, he will bring you back in. Because he wants you, he wants you to think you're bigger than what you are. He sure enough do. Because that means you're not working as a servant leader what God has called you to do. I listen to. What's going on with Kanye West the other day? And you hear what they say. But I listen to what he said. He said something very interesting. He said, I'm jealous of the Jewish community. He said, because they've learned how to come together. They've learned how to keep their families together. They've learned how to build from within. Does that sound like something wrong? That sounds like a man who wants his people to do the same thing. See, knowledge is power. Yeah, it is. But the enemy wants you to stay ignorant and be subservient. See, they're not talking about a servant as God is talking about. They talk about a servant as they had servants to do their will, do their deeds. Not God's will and God's deeds, but man's. And as soon as you step out of line, they put you in your place. Sound like slavery to me. It does. That's not servant leadership. And that's why it's so important in this age, this time, the kingdom of God has had to do things differently. It can't be church as usual. Yes, no. See, church is you and I. We are the body. We got to bring back acts where we not depend on the world. We got to become independent of the world because the world, because listen, family, I think I spoke about this in 2020. When they was giving us so much, they was just pouring it on, pouring it on. I said, it's time to store up because a famine is coming. I said, a famine is coming. And all these churches and, and these, these individuals who was just 
splurging and just doing things, it's gonna be a time where they're gonna pull they gonna pull the rug right up under you. And if you don't have something to sustain yourself, you're gonna become a servant to the world. Amen. And there's gonna be certain things you ain't gonna be able to say, like Kanye. Certain things you ain't gonna be able to do. Because if you do, they're gonna pull the rug right up under you. Look at Kyrie Irving. You ain't apologize, you suspended. Listen, this is a prelude. No, you yeah. didn't apologize, the GM apologized. The GM apologized. He did not apologize. And, and this is and now they gave him five things he gotta do before he comes back. So we have to be mindful. I'm telling you. This is a setup. They are, it's, things are being set in place so when they happen, people just be like, just, it's normal. There you go, you said it right. Conditioning, they setting us up. And this is what we have to be careful. That's why we got to be set apart. We in this world, but not of this world. We in this world, but not of this world. We got to be set apart from this world. We have to be set apart. Here, one of the kings, Rohibahan, Rohibahan, his name it came from Chronicles 10, 117. He was the successor of Solomon. One of the greatest kings. One of the greatest kings. However, he knew little about good leadership. Instead of sizing up his situation, and the culture, he went on a power trip. He failed to discern, and this is not in the scriptures, but this is just about him. He failed to discern and listen and follow wise counsel. Be careful of the company that you keep. You know, I was speaking of this story, and let's keep her in prayer right now. She, she, she came down with COVID, you know, let's keep her in And what happens in, in, in the body of Christ, because we're coming from the world, sometimes we try to keep things to ourselves and deal with things on our own. And we pray. However, God has placed people in our lives for a purpose and a reason. And sometimes he needs us to pour it out to those who love us, who he's given us for comfort and wise counsel. But too often we base it on how the world treated us. We keep that stuff bottled in and try to figure it out ourselves. And we say we pray to God and he's not answering us. But he's giving us people to give us wise counsel on how to get out of the situation. But we're not using it. 
this is what happened to him. He had counsel who told him the right way to do it, who had a pulse on the culture, on the atmosphere. But he listened to the people who thought like him. And felt like him. And did what he wanted to do. And in the end, he lost half the kingdom. Wow. And you read this over and over again in Chronicles. Until the people began to hear God's voice. And unfortunately, we got to hit the bottom before we start listening. And he don't want us to hit the bottom. He don't. He don't want us to hit the bottom. We don't have to. We just have to be obedient and hear him. Hear the people that he's placing in our lives. You know when you get good counsel when it's not lining up with what you want to do. Most of the time. And that's the part that, that's what we fight against. And we run and buck against. That's why I thank God for my harvest standing because I can come to them and, and ask questions and hear. And build from there. I'm who I am because of these relationships. Amen. Amen. Because of my relationship with God. And Amen. the godly people that he's placed in my life. And my job, my job is to pour out everything he's poured into me back out. Amen. That's why I say I want to leave empty. There's so much on the inside of me that I'm bubbling up. But I'm excited because I know it's going to come to pass because I'm going to do what he said to do. And I see things coming in place. But the same thing for me is in you. There's some things bubbling up on the inside that God has spoken to your life to do that you're holding back. There's some people waiting for what you have. I'm going to ask Earl to play this video. I want you to listen to this. It's a small tidbit of where Miles Monroe spoke on and then we're going to get into my message Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> right. that was so an intro we're going to play this video real quick and then we're going to get into this message and I won't be before you long concluded that the wealthiest spot on earth is not the oil fields of Iran or Iraq or Kuwait or Saudi Arabia, uh, the wealthiest spot on earth is not the diamond mines of South Africa. The wealthiest spot on earth is not the silver mines of Central America or the gold mines of South America. The wealthiest spot on earth is actually not too far from your house. You probably pass it every day. And what is the wealthiest spot on earth? I figured it out years ago. The wealthiest spot on earth is the cemetery. The graveyard. You may ask, why is the graveyard so wealthy? 
because in the cemetery are books that were never written. Wow. The graveyard is filled with music that no one has ever heard. The cemetery is filled with paintings that no wall will ever see. The graveyard is filled with poetry that no one will ever read. What a wealthy place. The cemetery is filled with businesses that will never open. The graveyard is filled with ideas that will never come to fruition. The graveyard is filled with dreams that will never be reality. What a rich place. The graveyard is so full of wealth. It is filled with great men who died as alcoholics. The graveyard is packed full of awesome women, powerful women who died as prostitutes and drug addicts. What a tragedy. Every time I pass the cemetery, I think, if I could just mine the cemetery, the way you mine gold, I'd be a rich man. I guess I came here because I don't want you to make the graveyard rich. I wow. came here because I really can't imagine that the graveyard would get your dreams, the books that you're supposed to write, the music you're supposed to produce, the poetry you're supposed to scribe. I can't believe the graveyard would get that great dream you have to build a business for God, or that ministry to young people that you keep thinking about. I can't imagine a cemetery would, would rob us of your magazine you're supposed to publish. You know, I really came here tonight because I want to see you die. I still hear it, just a picture. Uh, empty. I want you to go to the graveyard, young woman, young man, with nothing left. As a matter of fact, I really came here because I want you to die like, like Jesus. Don't die old. Die finished. Good. I don't want you to die with nothing left. Go to the graveyard as an empty cast. Die like my friend, the apostle Paul. Paul says, I am finished my cause. And then he says, I have been poured out like a drink offering. Every drop of me is finished. He says, therefore, I am ready to die. You should not die until there's nothing left for you to do. Amen. That's why God is interested in your life. It's not you he wants to say. No. It's what you're carrying. Mm -hmm. ah, oh, yeah. 
Hallelujah. It's what you're carrying. It's what we are carrying. Because in ourselves, we fail over and over again. But what we're carrying is worth saving. I think about what Jesus said, greater works will you do through the words of your testimony. And the testimony doesn't have to be all negative. The testimony could be the perseverance, the pressing, and seeing yourself through in spite of. That's my story. It's not about where I came from, it's where I'm going. In spite of where I came from. And that's what he's talking about. Maserat, he tell you I came from B-Town. That's the, that's, that's the ghetto in Barbados. I came from East New York, Brooklyn. That's the ghetto of the United States, like many ghettos there are in the United States. And many of us come from them. We ain't come with no silver spoons in our mouths with everything all rosy. No. But God is calling us because we are carrying something. We were all born with a purpose. And it's not for us to take with us. It's for us to leave it here. Turn with me, if you will, to Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. And we're going to read from verse 12 to verse 17. And I'm coming out of the Amplified, but I know we don't have that on Telecom, uh, we have uh, King James. But I want to read from the Amplified. And it says, Therefore, my dear ones, as you have always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent. He says, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. Self-distrust and with serious caution, tenderness and conscious, conscious, conscious watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit you, discredit the name of Christ. Verse 13, not in your own strength, Hear this, family. Not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while affectionately at work in you, energizing and creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. And you should be excited about this word. That you may show yourself to be blameless and godless, innocent 
unstained and uncontaminated children of God without blemish, faultless, unrebukable, in the midst of a crooked, listen, and wicked generation, spiritually perverted and perverse, among whom you are seen as bright lights, stars or beacons shining out clearly in the dark world, holding out to win the, and offering to all men the word of life, so that the day of Christ I may have something which exaltly to rejoice and glory in that I did not run my race in vain or spend my labor to no purpose even if my life blood must be poured out. I did. As a liberation, libation, on the sacrificial offering of our faith to God, still I am glad to do it and congratulate you all on your share in it. Family, just like Miles said, Paul was talking about pouring it all out. We're living in a time of a perverted and perverse world. Yes. That we have to yes. be the shining light. We have to stand out and be different. We cannot afford to conform. That's right. To this world way of thinking and acting. God has given each and every one of us something to pour out to this world that will make a difference. Not just in our lives, but the lives that we're connected to that we don't even know yet. But we have to be in position to do our part. As, I, as we sit here today talking about Miles and Paul, they will be people talking about you and what you contributed to make the world better. Even if it's just one life or many lives, family, God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is not to say that there will not be cloudy days. That's right. However, as Paul shared in verse 13, not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectual at work in you, energizing and creating in you a power and a desire, both a will and to work for his good pleasure and satisfaction and delight. So in spite of the clouds, the sun is still shining. 
We just got to continue to press forward and do what he said to do. See, before I talked about, last time I was here, I talked about that unfinished product. But too often, instead of us tapping into the manufacturer, which is God, we tap into ourselves, thinking we got the answer. And we only know what we know. And that's not all there is to know. That's right. That's why we got to tap into them. He said he's there for us. He's placed wise counsel around us. Yeah. So when we're in that stump, when we're in that, that, that dark place, we need to reach out. Yeah. You know, I was at a meeting, GBI, um, Gay Violence Intervention Program, and what they did, they, they, got, they got their own mission. But what they're doing is connecting with like-minded individuals and organizations that want to do the same thing, but doing it on different platforms. But when we come together, how much stronger are we? And that's what they're doing. They're connecting the dots. And this is what we have to do with the kingdom of God. Too often, we try to be a church that does everything. But he said, work is plentiful with the laborers of few. So we connect to a next church that's doing something that we would like to do, but they're doing, but maybe not have the resources, and we got we can connect it up if we do it. They can't see. It ain't about who got titles or no. It ain't about how many. It's about the glory of God. And bringing God's people to being servant leaders to God's people. Too many people want to have their title, their name on the building. It's me who's doing it. No, it's not you. And we're missing out what God has in store. And our people are suffering for it. Here, I got this Bible. Almost, I'll say about 12 years ago, 13 years ago, we passed away in the leadership Bible, John Maxwell. And one of, the, one of the things he talked about, he said, positive attitude, poor attitude determines its altitude. Mm -hmm. And it says, a person's sense of purpose works in two ways. First, we work on it. Then it works on us. Once Paul had determined his life mission, that purpose daily improved his attitude. In prison, shipwreck, beating, through trials and debates, Paul kept on smiling because his strong sense of purpose. He understood that leaders can either surrender to their circumstances or they can surrender to the cause that is so great. Amen. Their circumstances won't matter. That's uh, right, that's do. right, that's right. When we surrender to our circumstances, we have good days and bad days. When we are at the mercy of what happens to us. When we surrender to a cause or a purpose, then we need to be excited. We have good days 
Wherever we go, the purpose never dies. Paul's attitude helped his purpose go forward. Then his purpose helped his altitude. His attitude go forward. His attitude helped him conclude that it didn't matter what happened to him or others. Wow. So long as the mission continued. Wow. So long as the mission continued. We're here talking about Paul. We're here talking about Miles. Their mission is continuing to this day. And they're gone. And this is the same thing God wants for each and every one of us. That's why Jesus said, greater works will you do through the words of your testimony. He wasn't just talking about the disciples. He was talking about all of us. We just got to walk in our purpose. We got to find something greater than ourselves. Yes. And that's why I tell you I'm excited about the future. Because what I want to do is greater than me. I already exceeded beyond what I thought I would do. So everything else don't matter. Amen. It doesn't matter. Long as I do what God is calling me to do. That's what it's about. Family. Thank you. Timothy. Turn to Timothy. Like I said, I want you to Second Timothy chapter four. Verse two. Here it says, and this is Paul, right? It says, Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome, you as a preacher, that means every single one of us, the world is in us. We are preachers of God's word. Amen. Preachers of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting. Warning and urging and encouraging them. Hear that, man. Being unflagging and inexhaustible. See, too often we give up. And God don't want us to give up. He wants us to make sure we give the word, but also be available when they're ready for it. Uh-huh. Because everybody's uh -huh. not available. I know I wasn't when I got it. Right, right. But so long as they know they got some place to turn to when they're ready, we have to be available. That's right. We have to be that hospital ready to heal, comfort, and care for them. See, because the world wants the church the body of Christ to be like them. 
What benefit is to me? Mm. Is that a certain thing? No, it ain't. No. They talk about health care, but do you really care? If I don't have the car that's going to pay my bill, are you going to subsidize it or are you going to make it enough that I can afford it? No. So is it really health care? No. See, we live in a society, this world is based off of what I can get. You know, it says in God we trust, but what they really trust in is what that world is on. Yeah. And that's what we have to get past. Jesus said, give Caesar what belongs to Caesar. So yes, money is a tool that we're going to have to use. And that's why we got to use wisdom as a body of Christ. We got to be like Acts. Yes, they used Caesar's money to buy the food, and, but they stole it. So when they needed it, when they had to buy, they had the resources. And that's what we have to do. Pastor Ray talked about credit union. We need to be our own credit union. We need to take our money and invest in ourselves. So if you need a loan, you can come to us and say, look, I need $5,000 to invest in this year. All right, you can get it. It's 3%. You got to sow back into the ministry. And when you get your business, you take that same percent and you sow back into the kingdom. This is how we can build. Be self-sufficient, not dependent on the world. Amen. This is so important to us. Teaching these kids about credit, learning how to buy a home, understanding what investments are. Mm. We got to use the tools of the world to benefit the kingdom. Amen. Kanye talked about being jealous of the Jews. This is what they did. They said they would never put us in bondage ever again. We're going to be in a position of power when we can dictate what happens. And the body of Christ has lost its voice because we have no power. Jesus. We have no power. I was looking at, I was watching something the other day, and they showed TV checks for $5 million only and all seeing a $10 million branch. I mean, just, just crazy. But just imagine if they put that into the kingdom. Come on. Yeah, they may be doing this and doing that, but if they put all those resources into the kingdom, how much further along will we be as a body of Christ? We're missing real servant leaders. See, the world make you think you need this and you need that. I did 13 years in the 8 by 10, three meals a day. I was okay. I didn't die. I didn't starve. It's the same thing. The world make you think you got to have all this. God tells you, the birds of the air don't worry about nothing. Watch it, you. I came on for you. Wow. See, what's happening is the body of Christ. These leaders, 
can move about what they look like and what they have. And they talk about, oh, well, God blessed me with this. He blessed you with that for the kingdom. Yeah. And that's what we're missing. We're missing that, and that's what we have to get back to. If we're going to be changing in this world, this is what we got to do, family. It says here, it says here, for the time is coming when people will not tolerate and endure sound and wholesome instruction. Right, right. Oh Listen, I was listening to a word today, yesterday. I'm watching the news. They had pastors in, in different places, and they were just speaking. And he was like, your word is contrary to what the word says. He said, well, this is what they want to hear. They come out to hear this. And if I was saying something wrong, somebody would say, oh, you saying it to the people who want to hear it. If you saying it to the people who want to hear it, ain't nothing wrong with what you're saying. But does it make it right? Is that God? Family, we missing it. I'm telling you, we have to be different. We have to stand out from the world. God is calling us to a new place and we got to be ready because the attack is coming. And we got to be able to stand firm on his word and he would say you are. It says here, he said, sound and wholesome instruction, but having itchy ears of itching for something pleasing and gratifying. They will gather to themselves one teacher after another to a considerable number, chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the error they hold. And will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fiction. Oh my God, are we living this time right now? My God, family, if we don't grab hold of this, we will be lost. We will be lost. And that's why it's not about Christianity, because everybody can say they're Christian. It's about what you're doing. That serving leader. That's what it's about. He ain't come to preach about Christian. He came to preach about the kingdom. He said, I came to bring the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is at hand. Family. First of all, as for you, be calm and cool and stand. Accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship through the work of an evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. For I am already about to be sacrificed. My life is about to be poured out as a drink offering. The time of my spirit's release from the body is at hand. 
I will Ooh. soon go free. Mm. I have fought the good, worthy, honorable, and noble fight. I have finished the race. You ever finished before, right? Yeah. Jesus said it was finished. We have to pull ourselves out completely. So when we leave here, we can leave here peacefully, saying that it's finished. I've done all I can do. All you gave me to pour out, I poured it out. That's when we can be at peace. They said, Steve Jobs on his dying day, he said, none of this is not for None of it. He was one of the richest men in the world. People still use his product. But just like Solomon, it was meaningless in the end. What did you do really to change lives? He says, verse 8, as to what remains henceforth, there is laid up for me the victor's crown of righteousness for being right with God and doing right. Which the Lord of righteous of the righteous judge will award to me and recompense me on that great day. And not to me only, but also to all those who have loved and yearned and welcomed his appearing, his return. Family. My title was Die Empty of Your Kingdom Influence. Die Empty of Your Kingdom Influence. God is calling us to a new place. He, he wanted me to share this word because this is a time for us to step up and step out. We have to be seen and heard. Too often the body of Christ is sitting in the background, not speaking out. I listened to Al Sharpton the other day. He said, I don't want nobody with me when things are good. He said, I want people with me when things are rough. He said, I want people who are ready to rumble and fight. The church is, we become too soft. David was a warrior. One of God's name was God of war. We got to be ready to fight for what is right. We got to stand up and be willing to pour it all out. Amen. I'm going to close with this. The law of Proverbs, Timothy three Proverbs, Paul last great communication reveals a sense of urgency. He wastes no words, every one of them counts. More than any other passage, this text tells us what is most important to Paul. 
the leaders. He challenges Timothy. He challenges us with three priorities. <coughs> Preach the word. Timothy, you must keep this message alive, teaching urgently, persistently, and with conviction. Number two, do the work. Timothy was to do the work of an evangelist, fulfilling his call, reaching his potential, reaching our potential. Number three, run the race. Timothy was to emulate Paul, who finished his course and won the prize. Yes. Family, we ought to win the prize. We ought to die empty of our kingdom influence. There's an influence on the inside of us. That leader on the inside of us that needs to be poured out to his people. We can no longer hold back what God has given us. We got to let it go, let it out. Listen, I believe 2023 is going to be a new beginning. Pastor said he founded this church on the book of Acts. I believe that's significant. And I believe us as kingdom leaders who are part of this body, we have to be the wise counsel within the ministry to help it move forward into what it was purposed for. Amen. It's not on him alone, just like it wasn't on Paul. Each of the leaders who God has called to this body, to this ministry, has to do our part. And we have to be wise counselmen. We have to be willing to pour ourselves out. And some of it may not end here. Some of us may have to move on to other areas to do what God is calling us to do. But that's what it's about. Timothy didn't stay with Paul. The disciples didn't stay with Jesus. They all went to different areas to do their ministry. And that's what we have to do. We have to do our part. So I pray this word has ministered to each and every one. Those out there, it's the one. You know, I say we have to can't do church as usual. And we say this all the time, this word doesn't cost a thing. However, Caesar, what he, he, he demands, we have to pay. So if God has placed on your heart to sow a seed, please sow a seed. I know we're going to need to do a thing, but please sow a seed. If God has called on your heart to sow a seed, please sow a seed to what we're doing, what we're going to do. Because God is calling us to a new beginning. And we're going to be change agents here in this city, in this community, in this state. So long as we all do our part, we're going to have a great opportunity to do God's will. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for allowing me to share this word. I thank you for using me as a blessing. 
And again, I'm praying that nothing was of me, but everything was of you, Father. That I saw nothing that was not according to your will. And as we shared this word, Father God, and as we began to depart from this place, that nothing falls to the ground that is deposited into their hearts, their minds, and their spirit, and they run the race. They do what you call them to do, that you purpose them to do. Those here in the congregation, those out there in Facebook playing on TV, they do their part. And Father, I thank you. I thank you for your continued grace and mercy on our lives, Father God. And I ask that, that you continue to just cover us and keep us, God, in the us, Father God. Let us not fall victim to the things of this world, but only to you. And in you, we're not a victim. We are victorious. Yes, and we God. thank you, Lord. We thank you for the victory, because the enemy has already been defeated. And you are crowned the king. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, let the house say amen. 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 Listen, family, I pray that this word was a blessing to you. Yeah, it was. Uh, in the beginning, this wasn't what I came to speak about. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. But God has, has, has spoken to me and said, this is what I was supposed to say. And, and I pray that, that you realize how important each and every one of you are. And it's don't base it off of age, don't, don't base it off of where you at, which you God has purposed each and every one of us for a reason and a purpose. And he wants us to pour it all out. And I'm not saying that, that he hasn't said to you already. There's something in you that you're supposed to be doing that you've been put for. And this word is a confirmation that you need to move forward in it. Amen. You need to move forward in it with no hesitation, no, no fear. Nothing. You need to trust him. And like I said, it's not about you speaking to a congregation. It's, it's right in your family. Whatever it is, please do that. 